Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, the J10 Initiative. Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know. This is Father Nathan. Father Michael O'Loughlin visiting Denver. Oh, yeah. In person. In person. This is a reunion of uh, the uh, former longtime host of Catholic Stuff You Should Know. Uh, I think you were on even longer than some of the f- the former oh. um, uh, hosts for a while. That would have been an interesting thing to look at. Exactly. It's like, what, three, four years? As long as it? Father John was in yeah. Rome. But then there was two years that you were recording here. And no, I guess he was recording. Mike wasn't recording for, what, one or two years? And then you came on when Father John left, and then Father yeah. John picked up with him. So it, feel, it feels like it was more than two years that Mikey wasn't on here, but I think you're, that's about it. Yep, because he had that one story about the, the 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 young people he met in Rome, and they, they asked him where diocese he's from. I'm from the diocese of Denver. Oh my gosh, have you heard of the Catholic Stuff You Should Know podcast? And he's like, um, I was on the Catholic Stuff, and they're like, No, no, you weren't. He's like, go back and listen to the first ones. So we are doing uh, round two of an attempted recording. Uh, I was in charge of <laughs> of uh, setting up the equipment for uh, the podcast. And as you might think, we forgot, I forgot, not we, I, Nathan Goebel, forgot <laughs> the uh, podcast cord. So uh, Father Michael graciously allowed us to use his equipment for his own podcast that is entitled What, what God, God is, is Not. not. Exactly. Check us out. It's me and uh, Sister Natalia from Christ the Bridegroom. It's actually this is all I know. It's it's like it's like the Catholic Stuff podcast with a different person. Yeah, uh, it's we gonna, do the same thing. It's going to take on a different flavor though. With <laughs> it will with uh, Sister Natalia on there. What number episode are you guys on? Uh, we've now come out with uh, I believe five episodes. Are nice. Out. We've now recorded eight. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I was able to get them on Spotify. We're on Spotify. You're not allowed to get them on iTunes We yet. are on iTunes. We, oh, you did? We finally got on iTunes a week and a half ago. Sweet. Yep, so we're on iTunes. Do this right subscribe. Thank you. It's called What God Is Not. The, uh, the logo is two hands, the hand of God coming down from heaven and the blessing hand of the oh. priest coming up. And then in like the whole idea is like apophatic theology, um, what we call negative theology, what God is not kind of having union with God by, by focusing on the ways that he is unlike us. Therefore, the idea Subscribe. here, that's it. Wonder and awe, and that's a very Byzantine thing. So um, Sister Natalia is a Byzantine nun and I'm a Byzantine priest, of course. And so the, there's a negative space, kind of the two hands create the negative space as the Byzantine cross. And then there's like the eight pointed star behind the hands and that symbolizes the, uh, the burning bush that is kind of the mystery of God in the fire. You, when you see an icon of the burning bush, it's eight, eight, eight pointed star. But then also part of the eight pointed star is the eighth day or the new day, the beginning day, huh. the day. So we tied in a bunch of symbolism into, yeah. one, into one logo. And so who's getting the tattoo? Oh, that would be that'd be a bit too arrogant from even me. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty intricate. What's the tattoo? Oh, that's my my podcast. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's pretty. It's pretty intricate. So. Uh, nope, I just subscribed. Uh, I was already on on Spotify. Thank you. Um, and uh, now we'll uh, be able to track you. Yeah, so shout out to Mike Schwalm, a friend of mine who did the logo. Shout out to uh, Hope and Justin Schneer that have a band called Hope and Justin. They did the music for us. And then uh, shout out to Steve Davies who does our editing. So that's our team. That's our team. You got to have one. Not, 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 as, not as big and glorious as the Catholic Stuff team, but... 
it's 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 uh, just as many people though. We don't yeah, we don't have any social media. We we need we'll oh, need that as, as we get bigger as we get if we get bigger. Yeah, yeah, right. As 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 and as we get busier, I'll put it that way. Agreed. <laughs> as we get busy, but well, it's honestly been a, real, a lot of fun. I love Susan Italia, and we we have good chemistry. I think. Yes. Well, it, as we said on this one, I mean, uh, the podcast grows out of friendship, yeah, and the exactly. two of you have been friends for a number of years. Yep, so, for a, a lot of these conversations are just rehashes of things you've discussed, or you actually want to hear, you know, what's your thought on this? Yeah. Um, and I think it's a beautiful complementarity, yeah. you know, to have uh, a Byzantine. None, which I mean, most people rarely encounter, right? Um, so, and then actually the intro voice, like of course, Catholic stuff has yeah. Marika, um, a nice, nice uh, New Zealand accent. South African. Oh, sorry, South African accent. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> no I actually knew that, but my brain, I had a brain fart in the middle. I'm watching these videos from this New Zealand comedy show right now on, on Facebook like as the videos go through so I have news in my head. Anyway. You're not watching Flight of the Concords, are you? I've seen a few. I, I've never watched that but I've seen oh. a few episodes recently. Um, but uh, so our our intro voice is Mother Theodora so the, the Hegumen, oh. the abbess of the monastery that yeah. she belongs to and, and she's always hello dear ones. She's always saying that so she's like hello dear ones. This is the What God Is Not podcast. Cool. Yay. Um, so, yeah. so you're back in town seeing the back fam. Town, seeing the fam, Doing seeing you guys. Visit. Visiting Sister Talia, a memorial for, of course, for Catfish. Uh, we'll yep. do that tomorrow. Um, Did you go out to Maryland for his funeral? Mm-hmm. Are you going to preach a different homily? Yes. <laughs> I actually felt- Different readings too. Well, and I felt kind of bad, but uh, to me, it's like you knew. Uh, so I think we've mentioned this on the podcast already. Um, Scott Collier, who we did a podcast with a number of months ago, otherwise known as Catfish, he passed away um, a few weeks ago. Um, and um, uh, yeah, so this weekend we're doing a massive commemoration. And I actually changed the readings as well. Yeah, which I just said, look, I mean, if he's preaching, he should be able to do the yeah. readings. So yeah. it'll be great. So, Scott, pray for us and we're praying for you. And yeah. Yep. I had some great experiences after we recorded. And when he, when he got sick again, he came to visit me in LA and it was really, really nice. My, one of my parishioners lent us a, a uh, convertible, Porsche Carrera. Whoa. That we drove up Highway 1, like up through Ventura and up through Malibu and all that. And mm-hmm. shot over to TAC and he'd never seen TAC, Thomas Aquinas College. And, and unfortunately, he got really sick while we were there. We had to kind of rush back to here to Denver. But yeah, it was fun. Very, very thoughtful guy. It's hard because my first, my first homily at his funeral was all about like him, pretty much his life was a, was a homily on the stranger. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I think it's one of those things. Like in Matthew 25, you have sheep and the goats, and it's hungry, thirsty, strangers, naked, ill, imprisoned. All of those are pretty clear except stranger. Like what is a stranger? Some people say it's immigrants. Some people say it's, but in the, in the back of the day, it was anybody who wasn't home. So if right. you, you were out of your comfort zone, you were yes. out of your protection. So Scott was- They didn't have rest areas back exactly. in the day. Exactly. They didn't have hotels. You could lock the door and make sure you're really safe. You know, you had to depend upon other people. Mm-hmm. You were not in control of your own life. And and Scott was definitely a stranger in this world in many ways, but also took care of the strangers. So I yep. think he understood he understood outcast because he was an outcast in many ways. And he never settled. One of the things I'll mention tomorrow is that as I was driving here this, for this trip, there was this little town. I think it's called Joseph, Utah. Little tiny town in the valley, green farms, tiny little town. And I remember driving by, and Scott looked over, even though he was so sick. He looked at the window and he said, "He said I think I could." He says, "If if, if our Lord heals me, I could." I could live right there for the rest of my life. Mm. And I thought, how many, how many times has he said that? Because he was just 
he he tried the monastery, he tried this, he tried that, he tried different cities, tried different places, and he was so unsettled. And I really think that was not only a homily to his being a stranger, that's what I referred to in the first homily, but also just like my heart is restless till it rests in you. Yeah. You know, and, and all of us, we we create little luxuries in our life things that make us feel in control, things that make us feel home in this world. You know, we, we, we dabble in the, in the good things of this world yeah. because we, we think we deserve them or everybody has them, whatever. And um, I think Scott's one of those people who just never really, he never really accepted the world and never accepted the, the world as a place of rest or a place of, of luxury. And he kind of lived in involuntary asceticism, if you will, because our Lord put this, this personality and temperament in his heart, I'm sure. Yep. Yep. That was just always a little bit looking for the next thing, looking for rest, looking for something else, looking for a place to settle. Um, and they never really found it. And finally, I think our Lord was just like, you know, he's he's asking too much and and our Lord allowed him to do what he needed to do and then took him, so. It's kind of like the guy in Bride's Head, you know? Yeah, he Just right. tries everything, you know? And then eventually it's just like, through suffering, he actually yeah. experiences great freedom. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think that was that was him as well. So I have absolutely no idea what Scott did to make money, uh, but he <laughs> apparently had enough. Um, you know, I don't. I never. I never knew what job yeah. he had or whatever. Yeah. And then he'd be, you know, trying something different, or whatever. But he was very successful. Yeah. So you, you know, you know what he did. And I had a friend in college that did this. It's like he was a single guy. He loved his freedom. He loved getting away. And I think what he did was for years he worked in this in this financial building down by my parish, Holy Protection. And then he quit that because he saved up money to kind of go on adventures. And then he'd go on these adventures like for six months, like, you know, ride his motorcycle along the Continental Divide Trail, you know, or ride his motorcycle from Alaska down to Denver or, you know, want to hike the Appalachian Trail. But then he would come back, he'd get like a job at at Home Depot. So right. he worked at Home Depot for a while, then he worked as a trucker for a while. And it's like kind of these jobs just to get enough money to enjoy life. And yeah. it's like, that, there's something really healthy about that, you yeah. know? So yeah, it is kind of weird. I have a buddy here in Denver who I, I don't think anybody knows what he actually does for a living. And he might be kind of sketchy. <laughs> I won't say his name. It might be one of those things like, okay. well, okay, <laughs> everything's a front. Um, but yeah, Scott was not, not like that. He, he, I think he'd work for periods of time that just want to enjoy what he had mm-hmm. and try to, you know, and f- find comfort in things. So anyway, pray for Scott. Soul of, soul of catfish, we'll, we'll think of him and pray for him tomorrow too. Swim on. Swim on catfish. <laughs> Swim on catfish. <laughs> I like that. It was so funny because his his mom was kind of like walked Jonathan and and Kevin and I into his into his room, like where everything he owned was, mm. and she just kind of said, you know, what do you guys want? And I and I remembered that Scott had had told me, he said, this is for you. I'm leaving this to you if I die. Um, and it's actually the bag. Well, I have it in there. It's just it's like a, a carrier bag, computer bag, cool that he bought. Um, but I w- I almost asked for. The uh, the New Belgium shirt that he had that said catfish on it. He like customized a New Belgium worker yep. shirt that New Belgium and it had a Coors one too. Coors on one side, New Belgium on the other. Or his name catfish was like Coors catfish, New Belgium catfish. Yep. So I was like, God, I'm not going to ask, <laughs> but that would be epic. <laughs> we'll see, especially since it said catfish. Um, all right. So I have a topic. Father Michael graciously not only allows us to use his equipment from his podcast, but he comes on this podcast and has his own topic. So I'm very grateful. I have a, this, this is a, this is again a, I had a powerful thought as I was driving and that's, so that's my topic. Um, so I, I, I want Wendy's. What a beautiful, <laughs> a beautiful topic. Let's go down this. Okay, Wendy's, Redhead, Red Sky, Red Dragon. No, it's more like okay. spicy chicken, spicy <laughs> nuggets. How do I squeeze in a frosty? 
Anyways, uh, please. You know me too well. Go that's, on. That's exactly what I have at Wendy's. Spicy mm-hmm. chicken and a frosty chocolate frosty. You ever had a vanilla frosty? It's, it's not memorable. Oh, no, it's not. And the, yep. cho- and the chocolate ones are epic. Okay, anyway. Um, so, I, I love, I think one of the things that we neglect especially in the Byzantine church, since we have one every single day that's like commemorated is the saints. You know, and especially when you ask most Byzantine Catholics who's your favorite saint is, they almost all name a Roman Catholic saint, right? Because the Roman Catholic church has been so good at promoting the cause of the saints and the cult of the saints. And we all know their stories. We all know the big names. Um, hmm. But the Byzantine church is just, our, our, our Byzantine Catholic church, I think I'm sure the Orthodox are better about this, but we have not been good about it. So I've been trying to personally learn about the saint of the day every single time. But so many of the saints, especially in the summer, are, were, were martyred, martyred under Diocletian. So that these, the, the, this big martyrdom just two years before um, Constantine legalized Christianity. Yes. And, and a lot of times to distinguish one martyr from the other, the, the Synaxarian, it's called the story of the saints, will, will kind of go into gory detail about the various tortures they suffered before being martyred. Sure. Um, which by the way, I want to tell a quick Roman Catholic story. Have you ever heard the story of, of my, one of my favorite stories told by a friend in LA of Catherine Siena visiting this, this small town I, I, somewhere in Italy, I believe, and asking for the pastor. No. So this story is amazing to me. So she, just again, saint stories. We all know Catherine of Siena, but and I've been able to say mass at her tomb, which was, was just incredible. Have you been able to do that? No. I'm sure you've prayed there. But, um, so, so anyway, so she, story goes, she's walking to the town. She's going town to town, kind of doing what she does, you know, empowering the church, bringing on reformation, um, renewal. And she, she comes to town and she, asks, she walks in the church and asks for the pastor. And somebody says kind of awkwardly, oh, he's, he's not here. And so she says, well, where is he? And they kind of hesitate. She goes, you know, tell me where he is. And well, he, he, spends, he spends his nights in this brothel in the town, you know, mm-hmm. this is the pastor, you know, he spends, so, so she goes down to the brothel, knocks on the door and asks for, you know, Father Jim. And uh, they kind of look awkward too and see this nun walking up and asking for the, for the pastor of the parish. And so they, they kind of say, well, he, he's here, he's, he's in this room and that's where he normally stays. And so she, she walks in there, you know, Catherine Siena blunt, you know, just she moved the Pope, you know, to, to move back to Rome um, from Avignon. And so she walks, she literally just like walks into the room and she, there's the priest in bed with a prostitute and she kneels down and says, bless me, Father, for I have sinned. And goes to confession, like just to remind him that he's a priest. Wow. And I thought it wasn't like condemning him. It wasn't yelling at him. It wasn't telling him to get out of bed. It was literally like saying, remember you're a priest. And the way I'm going to do that is by going to confession to you. It's like, I was like, oh my gosh, that is so powerful. So those stories are very well known yeah. among the Roman Catholic world, which I love. But we just don't do that very well in the Byzantine church. I've been trying. So I, that morning before I got on the road, I, I prayed morning prayer and I, and I even forget who the saint was, Procopius or something like that. And, and, and so I was learning, but the, the, the tortures had something to do with like um, nails through his feet, you know, just like multiple nails through his feet. And I'm, I'm driving and I have this image in my head of, of being tortured and pretty much they would let him live if he just, just you know, yes. agreed to worship the pagan gods. Right. But he refuses. So just a long period of time of, of tortures that are absolutely horrific. And I was thinking like, Lord, I, I couldn't do that. <laughs> like I, I just... I've, I've stepped on Legos, I've stepped on staples, right. you know, ha- being able to, and if somebody had said, will you give a hundred bucks to not have done that? I'd be like, yep, because this hurts, you know. And if somebody said, you can, you can stop this. You just need to, to say, you know, that Christ is not God. You just need to say, just deny your faith. Um, so anyway, I was thinking about this and then I, our Lord pretty much just put the beautiful thought in my head, 
Of course you can't do it. Nobody can do that. It's, it's, not, a, it's not an endurance practice. The faith yes. is not a get to the point where yeah. you are strong enough, where if you're threatened with torture, you will say, bring it on. I prepared myself well, I'm in full control of the situation. Mm. And then I thought the best way to do that is to, we have this beautiful Byzantine prayer before work that says, um, Lord, you have said with your most holy lips, without me, you can do nothing. I embrace your words with my whole heart and soul. And I ask you to bless this, my present undertaking in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And I thought the way to realize that, that, that I, if, I, if I'm ever threatened with torture or death, the, the, what I want to remember is, Lord, I cannot do this without you. Like I, I cannot, I cannot yes. claim you as my Lord and savior unless you put those words on my lips and unless you strengthen me to say that. And the way to practice for that moment is actually to say that every single morning. Yeah. When I get up and say, I cannot preach this homily, I cannot do this podcast, I'm not, I cannot talk to this parishioner, I can do nothing. The uh, Lord said, I, right, I'm, the vine, I'm the vine, you're the branches, remain in me, without me, you can do nothing. And so it's like, I, I need to say that about the little things, the things I think I'm good at, the things that God has made me good at, the things that I'm really not good at. But I, if, I, if I say I can do nothing, then, then I will be so much in the habit of, of beginning any project with admitting that I could do nothing. It, what, what, everything is impossible for man, everything is possible for God. And if I remind myself that and make that into a prayer, like I, the one I just said, then when the big trials come up, I will be in the habit and yes. have the virtue of submitting and, and saying I can do nothing. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, I, that's beautiful because the, we can tend towards like great aspirations of you know like martyrdom or sanctity or heroism or whatever, but uh, the little the little way is in fact like I will do all things through Christ, yeah. you know. And that was Saint Therese, like yeah. like, and she was never able to do anything more than just train her heart to be completely and totally reliant upon Christ and the Father. Yep, and. Um, even today, like the readings for mass are, you know, if they arrest you and persecute you, like, do not worry about what you are to say. My father mm. will give you exactly what you need to say at that moment. Yeah. And if you are in the habit of relying upon your heavenly father, preparing well, but like, I mean, you know, in those moments of, you know, trial or whatever, like I will rely on my heavenly yeah. father. Why would it be any different when you're appropriated by these others, yeah. you know, taken away? And I think that's the, you know, you and I have, I'm sure both had this experience where we'll preach what we think is a really good homily and the response is crickets. And then we'll, yep. we'll preach a total piece of, I just, you know, I didn't prepare or I, I over-prepared or whatever. And then all of a sudden people are like, oh my gosh, Father, that was amazing. Right. I have so much to think about. And it's like the, 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 the preparation is a drop in the bucket of what God's gonna actually do with it. Mm -hmm. So I've said this before, like I pray more after I've preached than before I preach. Cause it's like, I pray more that, that, that what I just said is somehow um, translated by God into something that is actually effective. Yeah. Like he, he makes it sit on people's hearts. So yeah, uh, everything. I, I mean, that, that to me is like a, the summation of, you know, divine providence, mm -hmm. you know, abandonment to divine providence. Yeah. Practice of the presence of God. Like all of it boils down to, are you in relationship or not? Because if it's about your strength, your gifts, your training, your understanding, your, you you know craftily figuring everything out, that's not Christianity. Yeah, 
and it's very uh, alluring to like blend the two where it's just like, what if I'm really good at it and God makes me better? Yeah. It's like, okay, well, maybe. But what if you abandon yourself, you know, like, you know, St. Francis or something and strip yourself naked and be like, now I can fully embrace this life. Um, that to us is like, I, I can do that. But it's because we don't actually, we're not living rightly like fully in relationship. It's not, it's not that I think that people deny that they're a son of God or a daughter of God. It's that to what degree does that actually have like a, an impact? Yeah. There's, it would be so nice if Jesus, like every morning I woke up and I'm like, okay, Lord, what, what are my marching orders? Like, what, what do you want me to do today? And, and, and had like a list of things and say, these are the things he's empowering me to do and nothing else. Like that, he doesn't do that, of course. But if we are in union with him, if you've undergone theosis, then he's doing these things and we're hopefully doing them along with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think that there is, uh, I, I love the image I heard a while ago, and I've probably mentioned this before, but of the, the Eucharist is spiritual food. So as I've, as I've preached to my kids before here at Holy Production, you know, if you were, if you were going to go, we have a lot of little kids that run for their school. They'll, they'll run like a 5K after school. It's, it's incredible. But this looks as I said, if, if you were going to run, if you were going to run a 5K after school, would you have gummy bears for lunch? Mm. You know? No, that, that, that's not helpful. You, you need good food in order to run a 5K. So whatever the mission is, you, you, need, you need to eat appropriate food for that mission. You and I, our buddy Trevor Williams, right? We know, plays baseball. We, he, he eats a different meal if he's going to start the game than if he's not. Right. And so he, he knows that the food he eats is going gonna, is gonna to empower and have an effect on how he performs that day. Um, for us, I think that we, we so nonchalantly sometimes receive the Eucharist, not realizing that, that the Eucharist is food for a very specific spiritual journey. And we can actually get what you may call like spiritually gluttonous. If I receive the Eucharist, then don't burn off that hmm. spiritual energy in a sense by doing God's will. And so I can, it becomes this, this gluttony where, where I receive it and then I just kind of forgot I received it. And I, and I don't actually go on the mission that that specific food prepared me for. Um, so that, that can be, the communion then can be kind of the marching orders. It can be now that I'm united with Christ, especially in the Eucharist, now I am, I, anything I do that is of him and of his will is going to, is going to thrive mm-hmm. because I've received this spiritual nutrition. Anything outside of that is just is going to either be evil or just totally neutral and not going to help. Um, so, so we, again, with the, without you, I can do nothing, but with you, I can do everything. So I, I, you and I have been doing podcasting long enough. I don't get nervous at all anymore, right? Do you get nervous before a podcast? No. Yeah, no, it's like you do it long enough, you, you know it. So, I, but I think- It's because you usually like, we, we're at about the same level, you know? Like I, I, you didn't say to me like, hey, recently I was reading, you know, Carl Rahner and I'm just like, well, recently I did a jumble. Um, uh, it was really, you know, stretching. Yeah. Um, but- uh, but no, I think I think that there is a you know an, an ease yeah. you know, in that. But but it's like so I need to be careful since I don't even have to think about it. I need to be careful that that I don't say I've done this so long I don't need to worry about it at all. Like I'm just going to go right. in and I'm going to do so. If I if I begin a podcast by saying Father Jeff's here, can it, you get in? Um, he has a key. There we go. Um, uh, like if I begin the podcast by saying Lord, I can't do this without you. I cannot do right. this podcast that I am so confident of. I cannot do it without you. Um. 
So, but if Father I... Father Jeff Dufresne from uh, the Diocese of Indianapolis just walked in. So this is, this is the second Catholic Stuff podcast he's got a shout out on. Oh, seriously? When Mike and I recorded yesterday, we also shouted kind him out. Kind of a big deal. But actually, we shouted out his truck. <laughs> I know, I do like that truck. Because Mike Rapp's obsessed with this truck. But I, I, but I do think I, I actually named you as well. Mike, had, this, Mike had a similar one. It was a short bed, um, though. So Mike's jealous, in other words. Yeah. Okay. All right, you already got your shout out. Nobody <laughs> cares. But yeah, I mean, the, the question, too, is... You know, like you mentioned before, if if Jesus were to wake me and say, and then I had a list of Lord, what do you want me to do today? That's like, uh, you know, that's in some ways that's slave. You know, yeah, it's kind of like master yeah. slave yeah. or like, you know, you're a coworker, just get to work. Yeah. The only reason why I receive food is so I can work. Right. You know, but uh, if the question be is, if the question becomes, what do you want to do in me? Mm-hmm. Then we're working together. Yeah. Like we're collaborating together. And then there's no, like no matter what the task is, big or small, if I'm doing a lot of work or if I'm resting, then that's fine because you're in me. And gluttony, gluttony could be, uh, I'm going to take in more than I need for for the day um, to actually overcompensate for the lack of communion that I experience. Hmm. Um, But you can have, you can have a, a, a fairly good meal and then enjoy a day of leisure, you know, rest. And that's not problematic, you know? So Jesus wants to meet us wherever we're going, but it's not like he's saying, I'm only gonna give you this spiritual food if you're actually gonna use it, you know? Don't eat a power bar if you're just gonna sit on the couch. Jesus is like, I am going to be the the food that you need. These other things, well, take them or leave them. Yeah, there really is. I I was just talking to a friend today, and you know she's she's back. She she was out of the dating scene for a while. Now she's back, and she's saying, you know, the guy said like, "How Catholic are you?" Like, uh, in other words, are, are you, is all you, are, are all you going to do is talk about Jesus? In other words, he was kind of throwing that out there, and and so and he says like, you know, we're not a priest and a nun. Like, we don't need to be talking about Jesus all the time. And it's like, that's not. Just because you're a, you're a strong, faithful Catholic does not mean you're talking explicitly about the man Jesus Christ all the time. Like he wants you to have a day of leisure. He wants you to have. I, I think we I think we companions do this really really well actually, where we 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 balance the talk of faith with the talk of of Chipotle, seasoned with the salt of levity, if you will. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but I mean, I don't I don't like that question. Oh, I don't like, either. From the very beginning, because it's like, at, at what point at what point do you give the right answer? Right, I, I love Jesus just enough to exactly. to be in mortal sin, but not care about it. Right, <laughs> but you know we'll baptize our kids. Yeah, it's like if somebody was a disciple of Jesus, like I think they would want to know who's this person in front of me, not at what level Pokemon master are you? Right, right, exactly. Shout down to that dude. I agree. I agree. And 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 um, this was shared after after the breakup happened. So. So in other words, the, 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 it's not an ongoing relationship. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord splits you. <laughs> exactly. So, but it is that, it, and I mean, it, what, what an answer. If someone to asked what, me. I mean, but, but the, yeah, but that's the question. To what degree would you say that Jesus has filled your life? That's a beautiful question. Yeah. I think. Right. Um, because there's no accusation there. Right. Um, hmm. Yeah. You know, at what, at what level do you trust him? You know, and you're not going to ask that first date or something like yeah. that. But I think that there are moments, like the other day, 
you know, they're watching Breaking Bad right now. And uh, they're just like, could you imagine if Ola would have just stayed in Albuquerque and just become like a drug lord or whatever? And it's like, it's like, yes, I can actually see that. You know, I can, if you had taken different turns in your life, yeah. you know? Um, so in some ways, like if you know somebody, you don't have to ask those questions yeah. because it radiates from them. It's like, yeah, I can see that you have embraced a different life than you did before. Mm-hmm. And there's, and there's, and that is a really interesting thing. There, there is a big discussion about like Catholic match and what questions they ask. You know, when when, when you jump on there, because right. you know sometimes they ask questions about true Should orthodoxy. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> just, just just true orthodoxy. Yeah, like like they ask about are you know do you do you go to mass every Sunday? And it's like it's an interesting question for Catholic match because that should be assumed. That's part of our obligation. As right. Catholics, right? right? But but they put it on there because it's true. Many many quote Catholics don't go to mass every Sunday, and and someone who that 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 would be a big red flag for someone starting a date. Well, I tell you, they should add another question, which is, do you go to mass on Sunday even during COVID? Because then it's like there's no obligation. Right. Okay. Maybe you're even turbo more. Wow. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know. I I, I think it's a great. I think it's a great self-examination that you can that you can make and examine where you just ask to what degree have I allowed communion with Christ to be the central theme of my life. Yeah. Um right, I like that the central theme, the foundation, the summit, the central theme. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cuz I want that. Mm-hmm. And I realize the more that I live that, the more I can uh the more I can do the kinds of things that I would want to do. Yeah. Uh, Terry Wright, Dr. Terry Wright, always uh, begins one of his classes with this story of of an abbot and uh, a monk, and uh, like he says, like you know, if you pray hard enough, like you can, you can like light this flame of this candle, like mm. you can like have enough oil or something like that. And then the monk does it or something like that, and he comes back to him, and I I don't remember exactly how the story goes. I'm probably butchering it, but I just remember he says to him. He says, "If you, if you, if you will it, you can become all flame." Hmm. And uh, he sees that like there's no longer like candles or whatever; it's just hmm. flames coming out of this guy's body. So, hmm. like, you want to do those cool things? You want to do those amazing things? You want to, you know, be a total, you know, Catholic baller? Yeah. <laughs> then you probably need to get to know Jesus, right? And not just like through Jeff Caven's Bible study. No offense, right? Like, there needs to be deep, abiding. Communion, prayer, um, I don't know, like self-examination so that you you know so that you're not allowing for any of these imperfections, but more so like let the love of God in. Do you have a story you can tell about someone you've witnessed that 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 has happened with, a testimony of somebody else where you say, here here was here was where they actually Invited Christ in their life, they were in a relationship, and here's the effect it had that was observable. Not, it doesn't always need to be observable, of course, but I think sometimes God gives us those moments where it can be observable in order to, so somebody can be inspired by that and say, "Here is, here is someone I know who whose life was changed for the better and has joy and has hope and has a daily desire for conversion and conviction." Like, here's someone that actually invited Christ in their life, and then here's the change it made. That is the part of that change that has been shared with me. I would say that many of those conversations are under the seal of confession. Okay, and we are witnesses of the work hmm. of God, which is hidden. 
And yeah. uh, instead of being able to kind of quantify it, um, having heard great, uh, great confessions of, of sins, when there's the response to God and the freedom that comes from being, um, from taking off the old robes of, you know, the, all the squalor and, mm. you know, sadness of the, of the life that they had lived of old. And they put on, they put on a new baptismal garment. Like you can tell that like they have been remade in Christ mm. and you start seeing what Jesus starts doing in their life. Mm. Uh, that, that to me is, it was one of the finer moments. Um, that's the transformation. And, um, I don't know. I would say that's rare. Yeah. I mean, those confessions, I think you would agree. Those confessions are rare. Yeah. We, you, you fish a lot. You catch a lot of, you catch a lot of crappie, right. you know, you very rarely do you catch a marlin, right. but you know, when you've hooked into one, hmm. because it's not just forgive me, father, for I have sinned. It's been 50 years since my last confession. Yeah. Those can be just as simple as, you know, I miss mass. I told a few dirty jokes, you know, like the story in whatever, Walt Kowalski or whatever, Gran Torino, oh. you know, and, and that's a fine confession, whatever. But it's different when somebody actually has compunction. Yeah. The other thing I would say is, you know, in, in youth, um, with, with the youth, either when I was young or when I've been older and, and seen young people convert, mm-hmm. uh, when the saving love of Jesus enters into their life, it's like a flame that's starting to burn all of these other things. And then you meet them like five years later and it's like, wow, that flame is really taken, like taken root. Yeah. Two of the people that I would say is uh, uh, Reese Liker and Emma Stark, hmm. you know, and, and that Cabrini crew. Okay. I'm doing their wedding uh, in August. I think I'm preaching. Uh, but uh, I remember when Reese came in and I was like, who is this punk? Hmm. You know, and, uh, but he had this sort of like eagerness and uh, then he became Catholic. And then it's just been, he's been on a solid trajectory ever since then. And there's a number of those stories from those, from those days at Cabrini. Do you have some? I, I do. Um, I, 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 I've often said, you know, I get, I'm very, very open to, to constructive criticism. I love it. I think it's very helpful. Um, so I've had to kind of pick in, like when I ask for it from somebody, I need to be care- more careful that I'm asking it for people from people that I respect, mm-hmm. um, because there's been times where I have asked for feedback. You may, may want to call it, and then somebody has has given me very frustrated feedback, and like said, this is this is what I think you're doing wrong, and things like this. And then I have to kind of stop and say, do I do I want a life like theirs? Do I want an outlook like theirs? So oftentimes, like, why would I respect the feedback or take it to heart, the feedback from someone that's not living, that's not joyful, that's not happy, that's sure. not at peace? Um, so I oftentimes will say, the, the, I want the people that I want to kind of say, where did you get that from? Is just the people that are, are truly joyful, especially in the midst of great suffering. You know, yeah. people that have found that, that that's just a, such a paradox. And I, one of the, but so there's a, the story I thought of when you were talking. I went through a couple, but the one I, I'm sure I have not told yet was um, I went to a bare naked ladies concert back in the '90s when, they, when they were big. Um, let me think; it would have been probably '98, '99. They anyway, were big then. The opening band was a band called Cowboy Mouth. Never heard of them. Cowboy mouth. Cowboy mouth. Look them up. Um, but with what I loved about them was that the the 
drummer was also the lead singer. And this guy was crazy. I mean, he, he put his drum kit in the very front of the stage and, and he, he was absolutely a wild man. And at one point he grabbed a mic while the rest of the band was playing and just started walking through the crowd. Now, the whole crowd was there for a bare naked lady. So that they, you know, it, it uh, was, so, but, but he was still like running among he's them. He's an opener. He's an opener, but, but he's and, and he knew that, up, right? Yeah. And he was, he was so joyful. And then he, he, as he's running through the crowd, he's telling the story of his attempted suicide. So he's like, he's like running through the crowd, being so joyful, but telling like this absolutely horrific story about going into the, the depths of despair and then this attempt at suicide. And then he says, and it, every day I wake up since that, he says, life is new, it's a gift, you know, and he just, he, the joy radiated, radiated from him wow. where you could say, you know, that's, that, you know, new birth, you know, death and new birth, um, yeah. you know, any, any way of saying Christ has become a new life for me, he's given me life. And just to see, even though it was a performance, of course, but it was, it was very sincere. And I think it gave him the energy to be a drummer and a lead singer, but also to, to kind of run through the crowd and want to share his story in that way. Um, but it was, it was very obvious, even from an outsider, that he was just a very joyful guy. You said, I want that attitude. I want yeah. that dynamism. I want that, you know, joy in the world. Um, but I, I do think that you, you're right. We don't see that that often. And that's one of my questions for Jesus. Like, why, why aren't Christians obviously more <laughs> peaceful and joyful? I, 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 wish, I wish it was more obvious for Christians. Christians seem as depressed and despairing and anxious and, and all these things as everybody else. I know there's, there's a greater mystery there that I'm just not picking up. But part of me says, you know, don't is wouldn't it be nice i'll just put it that way wouldn't it be nice if if the deeper joy even if we suffered as much you said christians obviously have a deeper joy even in the midst of suffering see like you're going to be like snowboarding uh on the clouds with you know i don't know like saint elizabeth and i don't know i'm trying to think of some other depatsy yeah mary magdalene <laughs> depatsy and then um Oh shoot! I just forgot her name. Um, well, anyways, you're gonna be you're gonna be you know bouncing around on that, and I'm gonna be in the cigar bar with uh, Saint Jerome, and just be like, "What the heck is happening to the world?" <laughs> you know, like th- these people are crazy. You know, and and that that's the joy of that's the joy of the Christian life, because I think that both of them have to have an abiding confidence that God is in control. Um, and when Christians lose that, even though they see great pain, like they should have, uh, um, they should have an interior freedom to know, like God, God has this. Yeah, you know, God's in control. Yeah, and I, and I, I, I wish, I wish that was more Philip Neary. That's who I was thinking of. Okay, you'll be in a cigar bar with. Or no, I'll, I'll you'll be with Philip, Philip Neary's Neary. like nice. you know riding a hot air balloon, like you know throwing skittles. Yeah. You know, he's just having a great time. Well, and then you know I'm gonna be with. Uh, I don't know Saint uh, Saint Jerome and Saint uh, Philip Vince, Vincent de Paul. There's a whole list of grumpy saints, and uh, that's hilarious. For Francis de Sales, Francis de Sales, they found his desk after you know he died or whatever, and there were nail marks under his desk oh. where he would just have to sit there and clench, like from his fingernails. Yeah, when wow. he would just be so frustrated uh, in meetings with people. Wow. I'm like, dude, come on down to the cigar bar. Yeah, no, no, you're right. I, there, there's obviously there's all there's all kinds, but it's funny like with Philip Neary, like I had my best friend in college. Shout out to Ryan Monk, one of my best friends. Um, he was the funniest man I ever met in my life. 
And I, I just, I wanted to hang out with him. And then you kind of took over that mantle in my life. Ryan, you're still funnier than I am. <laughs> of just someone that I, I love hanging around with for multiple reasons, of course, but just because I like to laugh as well. So I was like, who's going to take over if I die before you or whoever my new, new my new friends are in LA? If I die before you, I think it, I'll, I'll have to hang out with Philip Neary because I hear he was a pretty oh, yeah. funny guy. Hilarious. Yeah. Who is, I mean, I guess one of the last questions I would say is, who is the closest thing to a saint you've ever encountered? That's a very good question. Um, like where you're like, I actually believe that you're a holy holy man, holy woman. Like to the point of, if enough research done about your life, I, I have a good confidence that you might. I, w- I would say, and with all sincerity, um, Sister Natalia. Oh, wow. I hope she doesn't listen. But she, uh, uh, so she let me name her, give her her religious name. Uh-huh. And I chose Nathaniel, the apostle, so she's just Natalia, but I chose it because she is absolutely guileless, yeah. like absolutely without duplicity. I mean, she's she's a sinner like everybody else, but but there's the sincerity in her and the the depth of her her journals that she shares with me because I'm her spiritual father. Like her her conversations with our Lord are absolutely incredible. Like every single time they're mind. Don't listen, sister. You'll get pride. She won't listen to this one. Um, and then I also I would I would put Shepu in that camp. Yeah, I think Archbishop Shepu is. Well, I've been chewed out by him uh, because I didn't put enough uh, charcoals in the thurible, <laughs> but he could still be a saint in spite of that. I didn't put enough charcoals in the thurible. I, I, I've never made that mistake since. Um, for me, it was uh, this uh, Sister Clarita, who was a, a missionary of charity whenever I was in Phoenix. And she had just a tranquility and a peace. Mm. It was like she was gliding everywhere. Mm. And I never saw her, I never saw her sweat I never saw her get cross. Mm. All I saw was just someone who was in total, total like peace about what was going on in life. And, and then Chad Hadlock, who I went to the Phoenix with, um, he said, still waters run deep mm. about her. Yeah. And I'd never really thought about that in terms of, in terms of a person, you know? Uh, but I was like, that's her. Yeah. You know, and I don't even know where she is now. I think I, last time I heard she's in uh, Tijuana uh, as a um, novice master, novice mistress for the, the for the mission. You know who I think of when I hear that those still waters run deep is also Father Joel Barstad. Oh, yeah. Who probably won't, also won't listen, but there, there's a there's a calmness about him, right? Because he's one of the guys that when when he got when he got transferred to Pittsburgh for, to our seminary, I, I asked him. I said, you know, can you please? Be completely honest now that you're no longer my vicar. You know, there's no connection here. Can you please be completely honest with with what you what things you think I need to change? And just like, and it wasn't, it wasn't like on the tip of his tongue. Like I imagine is for a lot of people. Like, well, you know, here's the things that frustrate me. Um, he just said, yeah. Can you give me a week to right. think about it, pray about it? And then he came back and just very eloquent. And like, I, it's just, it's very still. Waters, you know, mm-hmm. there, there's a there's a depth there that is foundational, and that he was going to take the time, he was going to take it seriously, and he was going to he knew that this was going to help my ministry, yeah. you know, as well. Well, we have much to think about yeah. and much to work on, but we miss you. I mean, literally, you were at my house last night, and it literally felt like you had never left. Yeah, I felt. The I was same just way. like, oh, Ola's in the kitchen with his computer. Shocker, you know. <laughs> nice. So, yep, it's been nine months. Nine months. Crazy. Yeah. But it's, it's nice I can come back. It's a 15-hour drive. 
God bless Matt Tynan for helping me out to get a car that will actually make it back. Yeah. <laughs> well, and we were hoping to get out to co- uh, California, but COVID and whatever, um, you know, the, I don't even know if they had the, the religious ed conference, did they? They did and they will, yeah. They did Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. Wait. They didn't do the one in California though, right? That was in March. It wasn't this year. I think they canceled it. Wow, I'm I'm like really confused. It so, must not have been. Yeah. Yeah. So they we're gonna we're gonna it. find different reasons to get out there. Yeah, so. please. Anyway. Yeah, cool. Thanks again. Of course. You got some shout outs? Um I will I'll just give a shout out to all my uh all my new peeps out in LA, my parishioners at St. Mary's, my my uh my restaurant friends at On the Thirty, Steph, Anna Lorena, Sarah Jane, Laura, Jackie, Jenna, Ben. Alex, Domingo. Um, then Just like making up names at this point. <laughs> and the people up uh, up north, my Catholic friends, the Schneers, who are amazing. Schneers. The Marings, the uh, oh the um, Grumbines. So these are Anne Marie was like in my section, and she was when I was at TAC when I was eighteen, when both of us were eighteen, mm-hmm. and we were the two in the Latin class that had never taken Latin before. Oh, and so like she and she and I kind of bonded over a few things because we we both felt a little out of place at TAC. Um, happily married, eight kids, you know, and and just it's it was. I had this great conversation with her saying, back in college, like vocation was everything. You know, even though we were both eighteen years old, vocation was everything, and now. I've been a priest 15 years. You've been married like 14 years. Right. You have eight kids. Like, like, all of that is totally fulfilled. The things that gave us anxiety back then are totally fulfilled, and we have all new anxieties. You know, all new issues. But it was really cool seeing her again, and just realizing she now lives. She lives in Santa Paula, so I see her. You know, more often. That's with, great. Um, so it's been it's been really cool. Yeah, lots of new people, lots of new friends, and it's all good. Check it out. Just a reminder: he's at the Proto Cathedral of Saint Mary in. Sherman Oaks. Sherman Oaks. Right, right between Encino and Burbank. Is that in the valley? It's in the valley. It's in the valley. The valley boy now. Uh, two, uh, two shout outs. Well, three. Uh, Jonathan Robinson, J. Rob from St. Matt's Parish. Uh, I met him whenever I went home to see my brother. This is his first year at Winona, Minnesota. He's a, uh, a podcast listener. And Chase Stevens, who's a parishioner uh, of St. Mary's Action on Jackson, Bloomington, Illinois. Um, both of them are podcast listeners. Super, super nice guys. They treat their seminarians so well in the Diocese of Peoria. Uh, but sadly, they have so few because Springfield is dominating you. They understand. And then finally, uh, to Nick Chickowitz, uh, a guy living in Minneapolis who's a friend of Kyle Yeager, uh, who's another guy who had a major conversion uh, before my eyes and, and really impressed with uh, the life that he's living in too. Uh, so to Nick, uh, J-Rob, and uh, Chase, what up? All right, folks, we are very grateful that we were able to get a podcast equipment that works. <laughs> um, uh, we will uh, return back to the airwaves next week. Um, at some point, we're going to have to start recording new podcasts. Um, Father John, Father Mike, and I are, have been living in three different areas or states or parts of the state for quite some time. So we did a glut of them in June. Uh, So we'll pick up again uh, new recordings probably sometime in August. But for now, it's Catholic Stuff You Should Know. We're a podcast. You can find us on various media outlets. Father Michael's no longer in charge of Facebook or any of those other things. So if you want to look for us, check out DuckDuckGo.com. See you later. (laughs) God bless y'all.